This is the Pipeline Podcast, where you'll get to know the next generation of Columbus Blue Jackets. Let's see who's coming down the pipeline today with your host, Dylan Tyre. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. If you can believe it, already five episodes into the Pipeline Podcast this season. We've talked to a lot of different prospects in the Blue Jackets organization. Some guys that are new to the organization, some guys that have a couple of seasons in the organization. But I'm excited for today's episode because we're going to get to know one of those players that's brand new to the Blue Jackets organization as of this summer. A third round draft pick, number 69 overall in the 2021 NHL entry draft. That's defenseman Stanislav Svozil. We're also going to talk to Blue Jackets development coach Derek Dorsett later on in this episode because he's the development coach that's overseeing Stanislav Svozil's development for the organization right now. The guy that's going to see his games, the man that's calling him on the phone, that's texting him afterwards, making sure he's on that development path the Blue Jackets want him on to eventually make it to Columbus. But a little bit more about Stanislav Svozil before we talk to both he and Derek Dorsett in this episode. He's an 18-year-old defenseman from the Czech Republic standing at six foot one. 182 pounds, so pretty good size that he's trying to add to right now as he tries to become a pro in North America. As I mentioned, third round draft pick by the Blue Jackets in the 2021 NHL entry draft. And something interesting there, some thought Svozil could be drafted as high as the first round. So the Blue Jackets may be finding a gem in Svozil at 69th overall in this summer's NHL entry draft after he played two seasons pro in the Czech Republic. So he already has pro hockey under his belt, but after those two pro seasons. He's drafted by the Blue Jackets, and now he's made the leap to North America. He plays in the Western Hockey League with the Regina Pats, where in 27 games this season, he's off to a strong start. He's got a goal and 17 assists for 18 points in those 27 games. So a defenseman that has some offense to his game. And if you're already familiar with Stanislav Svozil prior to this interview and prior to this podcast episode, I'm sure you saw what he did at the recent and abbreviated World Junior Championships for Team Czechia. He scored maybe the goal of the tournament dancing around a Team Canada defender and finding the back of the net. A beautiful, beautiful goal that I urge you to watch online. But yeah, that's the type of player the Blue Jackets have right now. A defenseman who has offense to his game. And one of the biggest things he's working on, which we'll talk about with both he and Derek Dorsett, is becoming that quality two-way defenseman that he wants to be in the National Hockey League. So this is a guy that has a bright, bright future for the Blue Jackets organization, a guy that's getting it done in his first season in the Western Hockey League, a guy that potentially could have gone higher in the NHL draft than where the Blue Jackets got him in the third round. So a lot to look forward to from Stanislav Svozil. And with all that in mind, how about we get to know him? Without further ado, here he is, Blue Jackets prospect Stanislav Svozil. All right, Stanislav, let's start somewhere easy. And I'm always curious how each of you guys got into hockey. So, you know, the guys in Canada, it's easy. Everybody in Canada plays hockey. That's uh, that's how they get into the game. But you're a, a Czech player. So how did you find hockey? My dad and granddad played hockey. So they want me to play hockey too. So I started with hockey at my, at my five. Uh, and I, I played in my Bern city, Shadow. And when I when I was uh, fifteen, I I go to to Brno. Next year, I played uh, <clears throat> men's league when I was sixteen. So that was that was 
really good for me. And to my 18th, I played still in in a men's league in Czech, and after that, I was I I was drafted, and now I'm here in Regina. So, how'd you become a defenseman? Was it defense from the start? Did your dad and granddad play defense, or did you try yeah. some other things? Yeah, my granddad and dad was uh, were defense too, so I played the same position like like them. All right, so it was pretty simple from you for the start. They got you into hockey. Yeah. They were defensemen, so you became a defenseman. What about some of the players that you looked up to growing up? Obviously, so many great NHL players from the Czech, and I'd imagine you probably looked up to some players in the Czech League, in the men's league there. So who were some of those guys for you? First guy was for me, Niklas Lindström, because he was he was drafted, like, I don't know, fifth round or fourth round. So that was that was my like idol now is that kale makar okay so you're a big kale makar guy all right and it's hard yeah. to, it's hard not to be a kale makar guy he's unreal right he's so good but yeah he's unreal <laughs> what was it like uh growing up in the check in watching nhl games were you able to do that were they on tv sometimes or was it mainly going on youtube and watching highlights and things like that i would just highlight because uh like in Czech we got eight hours jet lag so that's pretty hard for us. When you played in the men's league, you played with guys who had played a lot of NHL games. Martin Erat was on your team, Thomas Placanitz. Those guys, well, Placanitz played a 1,000 games in the NHL. Martin Erat came pretty close. And you're a 16-year-old in that dressing room playing with veteran players like that. So what was that like for you? And was it a little peek into what life in the NHL might eventually be like? Oh, yeah. For me, that was like first practice with them. I was I was really nervous but but after after that practice that was that was good they are they are really really good uh, hockey players and uh, good persons so they teach me everything like uh, Thomas Plekanec or Martin Erat and Peter Mueller too Could you speak English back then or has your English really started to develop these past few years I knew something before but that wasn't like like now that was worse so how'd you so learn? Sometimes, like uh, we <clears throat> we got we got in Czech uh, English lessons in school, but that's like British English. So I I had some uh, like U.S. English lessons. So I learned with with my teacher some some uh, like few few hours with him. I don't want to skip ahead too far, but how much has your English progressed just being in Regina around a bunch of guys who are speaking English this year? Has it gotten a lot better? Yeah, that's like a lot better, but that still can be better. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I think you're pretty good so far. But yeah, uh, let you. me ask you about being drafted by the Blue Jackets because after your two seasons in the men's league in uh, Czech, you get drafted in the third round, 69th overall by the Blue Jackets this past summer. So what was that whole process like for you? I'd imagine they had scouts over there, but did you have any idea that the Blue Jackets were going to draft you? Uh, yeah, like I had uh, uh, one year ago before before uh, Columbus drafted me, a guy from Czech, Milan Tichy, uh, talked with me about about like that was something like questionnaire. So we do that questionnaire, and I I don't know like who who can pick me in a draft. So I I I was waiting for that. And I was really excited because, like, Columbus is a really good organization and they got, like, 
now young team so we will see who gave you the call when you got drafted what was that experience like for you we were with national team in finland on tournament and we go back to check uh, so i was in a bus and uh, like now i was drafted so i i was really excited and after a few minutes called uh, called me rignesh and after rignesh called me jacob Borajic. so that was like for me uh Really good to hear them. Oh, that's awesome. Your countryman, Jake Voracek, he just played in his 1,000th NHL game. If you can tell me a little bit, i sure it's private and you want to keep it that way, but what was his message to you after you got drafted? He congrats to me, but he said, if I want something from him or from uh, like Columbus, I, I just want to ask him. How cool is that for you to have a player like Jake Voracek to be able to? <laughs> like that, to? that was, for me, that was, like I was really nervous because that's Jacob Vracek, 1,000 games in NHL. Yeah, I was nervous, but that was really good to uh, hear them to me. So you got to experience a little bit of camp with the Blue Jackets this offseason. You know, the prospect tournament, then going to Blue Jackets training camp. You get to be around, you know, first of all, North American players that are your age, and you get to be with them for the first time, other Blue Jackets draft picks. Then on top of that, you get to be around the NHL players in training camp. So what was that whole experience like for you? That was, that was like, I think, for me and with me, uh, with me was Martin Richelieu from Ucho. For us, that was a really good experience, and I think like we had we had a tournament in a, in a Traverse City. We win all games, so for us that was really good. And I think for me that was, like I said, good experience. And I think from my side that was like really good camp. Does it give you any sort of confidence when you start your season this year in the WHL that you've played with guys like that already? Because if it's me and I'm in that situation, you know, the fact that you've put on the Blue Jackets uniform already, you've been with other guys who have pro talent. In some cases, you've skated with NHL players, with AHL players already. You've got to have a lot of confidence starting off a new season, having done that already, right? Yeah, like I had more confidence, but after a few games, because that was something something new for me too, this WHL. So after a few games, that was like, oh, I'm not like better or, or worse than these guys. I, I'm, I'm on the same line. So that was the uh, first two or three games that was like, yeah, that's, that's still juniors league because I, I had come with, with NHL team. But no, that's, that's like, that's... I think that's no one the same same way, but that's that's a really good league here. So that's now that's for me like normal. Talk to me about making the move to the WHL because you mentioned you played two years in the Czech league with men, but you make the decision to come to North America. You make that big leap there, which has to be a big change for you, not just on the ice, but off the ice too. But why'd you make that decision and what went into making that decision to come to the WHL? Everyone wants to play in a, in an NHL. So I think that was the best, best way to play in an NHL, like go from Europe to WHL. And <clears throat> Uh, first time I was like, uh, I don't know if I stay in a Czech or go to WHL, but now I, I can say that was better option for me, go to WHL. 
So what's this transition been like for you? You mentioned on the ice that after three, four, five games, you realized that you belonged and you could play with these guys here in North America. But off the ice, what's it been like changing cultures? Because you go from the Czech to North America to Canada. And I mean, it's the first time you've ever done that, right? So it's got to be way, way different for you. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you got here billet family, so that's no in Europe. But for me, I, I can, I'm like good with new persons. So that's, that's good for me. And on ice, there is a lot of new things like, like systems. So I, I must learn it for two weeks. But after that, now I think that's everything's okay. What's been the biggest change for you? Has the food been a big thing? Has, I don't know, just the culture, the TV, the movies, things like that? What's been the biggest difference for you? For me, that's the weather because there is, uh, you know, winter like minus 40, 45. So that's like uh, a big difference than in Czech. Now it's in Czech like minus three, minus two. So that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure uh, up there in Regina it can get pretty cold, right? But uh, I want to ask you about playing with some of your teammates in Regina because Connor Bedard is one of your teammates right now. He's a guy that will likely be the number one overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. He gets comparisons to a guy like Connor, Mada- Connor McDavid, excuse me, he could be a franchise changing player in the National Hockey League. First of all, what's it like to play with a talented guy like that who's still very young in his WHL career? But on top of that, I'm sure there are eyes on you and your team all the time now because there's a player like that. So what's it like to deal with an environment like that? Fun to play with them and watch them because like Conor Bedard, uh, everybody knows him. And if you watch him like on ice, that's, that's unreal player. And he's a really good person too, so... He's, he's like, I think he will be number one in the uh, you know, 2023 draft. So obviously you've played professional hockey before overseas, but you make that jump to the WHL. What are you working on when you make that leap? Like what's the biggest thing in your game that you're looking to improve coming to North America? My defense. Uh, in, in Europe, uh, my defense like uh, wasn't good, but now, now that's better and I know it. Uh, but like I said, before i think that still can be better because uh like in an age of play guys like two-way players defensemen so i want to be like two two-way player defensemen i want to ask you a little bit about the world junior tournament because you were on team check there you got to represent your home country for the second time obviously it was a shortened tournament due to the covid19 pandemic but in your two games, you might have scored the goal of the tournament in the opening game against Canada. You dance around a defender and are able to score right there. So, I mean, is that just a little glimpse of the offense? I tried this move sometimes in a game in WHL, and, like, that's work, but I never scored with that. So that was, like, a little bit luck, but I, I know what I do. How did it feel when that puck hit the back of the net and you finally did accomplish that move and score on it? That was a really good feeling, but but uh, for me, uh, it's better like when when team win. No, uh, it doesn't matter who scored that goal. I'll ask you a little bit more about the Blue Jackets. Now that you're drafted by the team, do you pay attention to what they're doing during the regular season and try and watch games maybe when you can? Yeah, like I watch like every game, but 
there in uh, Canada that's like there is more Canadian games like uh, Montreal, Winnipeg. So I I watch it uh, on the phone. You know, you mentioned that you look up to Kale McCarr in the game right now, but how yeah. about on the Blue Jackets defense? Because it really is a young blue line. There are so many players just kind of starting out their NHL careers. I mean, Zach Wierenski is what, only 23 years old, but he's already played five years in the NHL. But yeah. on top of that, Adam Boquist, Jake Bean, Jake Christensen just got his first crack at the National Hockey League on the Blue Jackets' last trip in New Jersey. Andrew Peak, he's still young in his NHL career. So do you look up to some of those guys as well? Yeah, like Zach Berenski and Adam Buckwist are really good defensemen for NHL. Jake Christensen, I think he's got a really good career, like, but he's still on start like, like me and other guys. What about uh, just what you're trying to work on the rest of this season? What have your conversations been like with the Blue Jackets development team and what do they want you to continue to work on as this season continues? Yeah, for a few games, they were here for watching me. Uh, and after after like every second game, they text me what was good, what was bad. So they are still uh, in contact with me. Does that help you out? Do you like hearing from them and kind of feeling like you're a part of the organization? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I like it if they if they information me for my good moves or something or or something bad. So that's that's good for me. All right, last thing I'll ask you, Stanislav, and I really appreciate the time this afternoon. What does the rest of the season look like for you? What are your goals for the rest of the year, both individually and as a team? What are you trying to work on? What do you want to happen for yourself? For team, I want I, and all all my teammates won't make playoffs, but we will see because now it was here a bad COVID situation, and after that I wanna wanna play a few games in AHL, but we will see. All right, Stanislav. Well, hopefully we see you in Columbus sooner rather than later. I look forward to talking to you in person. Hopefully, uh, training camp next year, maybe, and maybe we'll see you in uh, Cleveland at the end of this season as well. But I appreciate the time. Thanks very much. Okay. Thank you too. I'd just like to say thank you to Stanislav Svozel for joining me because that was a really fun conversation. First and foremost, you could hear it. He's a really nice kid, really eager, I think, to be in the WHL in Regina, to be in North America for the first time. And that's a big transition for somebody like that. And I was impressed with his English as well. Uh, I think it's come a long way since he was at Blue Jackets camp uh, just a few months ago, really towards the end of the summer. But again, I'd just like to say thank you to Stanislav. That was a lot of fun. And on top of that, I just like getting to know him as a prospect because, as I mentioned before we got into the interview, people had him going higher than where the Blue Jackets got him in the third round at this summer's NHL entry draft. So, He's definitely a guy to keep your eyes on as this season continues and really as his development continues in general. 18 points in 27 WHL games as a defenseman at the time of this recording. You heard it from him. He's getting more and more comfortable in North America, more and more comfortable in the Western Hockey League. So I think that means only good things to come for Stanislav Svozel to go along with his development. I'm really eager to see where he goes, and I'm sure the Blue Jackets are too, just like you. This organization has high hopes for Stanislav Svozel. So with that in mind, let's bring in Blue Jackets development coach Derek Dorsett to hear just what the Blue Jackets think about this prospect and where they want to see Svozel go as he eventually hopes to become a Columbus Blue Jacket. 
When they draft Stanislav Svozil in the third round, 69th overall at this summer's NHL draft, what type of player does the organization think it's getting at that point? I think they think they got a kid that, you know, maybe slid further down down the board than where he probably should have went. And I think he's a kid that uh, has offensive upside that, you know, um, has played he's played the pro game the last two years in the Czech Republic and, and did well. So I think he's a he's an exciting young prospect that uh, that we have and it's been a lot of fun working with him so far. So when you're paired up with Stanislav Svozil, what is the organization telling you at that point about him as a player and where they want to see him grow, what he needs to improve on? Well, obviously, I think, you know, Stan's a, a, a young kid. You know, he, was, he came in and he was, you know, 170 pounds. And, you know, he's a, you know 18-year-old kid that has a lot of upside. And, you know, when we sit down and talk, obviously, the sky's the limit for Stan. And he moves the puck well. Uh, he sees the game very well, um, so the sky's the limit. And you know the things that I, you know, have been focused on working with him and things that we've talked about is, you know, he's he's got to learn how to defend in in North America, and that's why it's been such a good you know spot for him to go to Regina and play in the Western Hockey League and get that you know heavy pro schedule like the National Hockey League and and you know the bus trips and you know get that wear and tear and. Um, you know, obviously learn how to defend in North America on the smaller ice. You know, you mentioned that he played two years pro in the Czech League before making the jump to North America, now playing in the WHL, like you said, in Regina. And do you notice that, that I don't know if there are pro qualities about a guy or just the way that maybe he plays where, yeah, he's played against men before. I know it's not in North America, but are there things in his game where you can kind of see that maturity out of him? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, I think you can kind of some, sometimes tell when a guy is more mature than, than, than his surroundings. And I think Stan is a very mature kid for his age and uh, maybe not physically. And, and he, that's one thing he's working on. And, and one thing he's, you know, you know, really working on he's he's uh, up over 180 pounds now so you know it's one thing that we talked about that he needs to get bigger heavier stronger and you know it's it's really mature of him to to realize that you know he needs to do that and and he's working at it and you know you can you can see it in a player when they've you know hung around adults and, and pros and especially when they're 18 years old he's, he's a mature kid when you talk to him and when you're around him he's he's all business and and you can tell that he's you know, been in a pro environment for sure. Yeah, I talked to Stanislav and I asked him about this because when he was in his first year pro over in the Czech, he was 16 years old and he was in a dressing room with Thomas Blakanitz, who had played a thousand NHL games at that point. Martin Erat was also on that team, obviously a great career himself, over 800 games in the league. I mean, what does that do for a player? Because you've been a young guy in a dressing room before with older players. So, I mean, especially over in a league like that, where you're looking up to some of these guys that had played in the NHL and they're coming back to your country to play with you, that's got to help a lot, right? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, anytime you can surround yourself with, you know, names like that that, that you mentioned and, and be around adults and, and, and you, you learn a lot. You know, you learn consistency. You learn how to be a pro. You learn how to take care of yourself. You learn how to, you know, uh, look after yourself on and off the ice, you know, whether it's meals or, you know, how you eat and how you rest. And, um, you know, so it... it you know, obviously he had an advantage on that and, you know, you see it with, you know, on teams I've been on in the past, you know, we, for example, in, in Vancouver, we had Bo Horvat, he was our only rookie that year, you know, so he was coming in as a 19-year-old kid 
that he had to learn how to you know hang out with you know 29 year olds 30 year olds and I think you know I think that helped him it, uh, become the leader he is and how quickly he became the captain of a national hockey league team was being surrounded by you know older guys he didn't have that escape to to, to younger guys and and he had to learn how to you know be a be a pro and be consistent and and I think that uh, helped him out so you know when you can be around older guys and I think that's one thing that you know we all like about having you know Jake Borchak hitting his thousandth game. It's is you know, and you know Jake will be a was in training camp looked after the the Martin Rice Savvy and and Stan Swozil you know being from the same country you know in Czech and you know letting him borrow his car and get around town and just you know things like that and so whenever you can surround yourself with veteran people, it's obviously a bonus. Tell me about the WHL, because I think here in the United States, people have less of an idea of, you know, the CHL and how that all works. Obviously, there are some American teams, you know, in the OHL, in the WHL, but you have experience with the WHL there. And, you know, I've heard stories about it that maybe if you want a guy to toughen up and become more of a man, that's the league that you want him to be in, right? Do you think that's a good scenario right now, a good environment? Stan Sposal talking about some of the things where the Blue Jackets want him to grow. I I think I think you know junior NCAA is great. Junior hockey is great. I don't think there's a right or wrong path. I think obviously you know I chose the Western Hockey League because of the scheduling, and I had to prove that you know I could play a uh, you know 82 game schedule because I was a smaller guy. And I think you know where Stan's at in his development, he has to learn how to. You know, play more games and play bigger minutes, and 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 have that grind. You know how to mentally. You know, it it is a grind in the Western Hockey League when you're, you know, in you know this year they're they're not traveling like they have in years past because of COVID. But you know, going from Regina, uh, Saskatchewan to Vancouver, British Columbia, that's that's a day and a half trip. You know, and you're going. It's a busing league. So, you, and then you're getting off the bus, and you might get there. At 10 in the morning, have a light skate, and then the next day play. But then, then the next day after that, you might be in Prince George, you know, playing in Prince George, which is another seven, eight-hour bus ride. So, it's a it's a mental grind. It's it's a grind on your body that you know, when you get through it, you're you're better off. But uh, you know, I don't think, you know, there's a right or wrong way to go. You know, you see some of the schools and um, they, you know, NCAA, you get to train a lot more. You know, you get to, you know become stronger because the you know the schedules allow for it because you play you know Thursday Friday or Friday Saturday so that you can get more out of you know your training side but you know um, I think it's a good spot for Stan right now is 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 Regina and you know he's working on the the things we talked about getting stronger and 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 defending how about his specific situation in Regina right now. It's pretty special because he's on a team with Connor Bedard, who by all accounts is probably going to be the first overall pick in 2023. He's drawn comparisons to Connor McDavid. So I think that automatically means a lot of eyeballs on you every game, which has to be good for a guy that's trying to continue to grow in a new environment. They have Riker Evans, who is a second round pick by Seattle. He plays on the left side in their top pair, I think. So Svozel can kind of pick his spots. But what about that situation that he's in right now intrigues you? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good situation. I think you know I've been out there a handful of times already this year, and when you go to Regina or Saskatoon, I've been I've been watching them in Medicine Hat, Leftbridge, 
Um, I've, I've been to a bunch of different rinks, and there's a lot of scouts there. There's a lot, there's a lot of eyeballs on them. There's a lot of attention around, like you said, Connor Bedard. But you know, it, I think it's good, you know, to always play with great players and and see the what the way that you know, the same as playing with veteran players, see the way that you know guys prepare and the way they work on their crafts and their skills. And I think. You know, Riker Evans, you know, he's a, he's a good D-man in, in the Western Hockey League and, and a future NHLer. And, and, you know, I think, you know, Stan is, you know, at the start of the season was playing with him as a pair. And then I thought they, I think they, you know, split him apart so they have a little bit more depth. But, you know, I think Stan is, uh, you know, learning from Riker Evans and then Riker Evans is probably learning from Stan. So I think, um, you know, I think it's a great situation and, um you know, the thing I really like about Stan Spozil is, you know, he, he he's a guy that, you know, takes uh, losses hard. You know, he, he, he's more worried about team success than personal success. And, and he, he wears it hard when, when the team doesn't do well. He puts a lot of pressure on himself. And, you know, sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. But I wouldn't say a bad thing, but it's, it's something that you have to kind of balance so you don't, you know, affect your own game. But, you know, he always wants to to learn and, and, and help the team win and, and it's it's more about the team than himself. Tell me about his development this season specifically because when I talked to him he said the first three, four, five games were a bit of a transition for him in the WHL. At that point he realized okay yeah I can play with these guys and I think I can start to excel. Have you seen that from him and has he gotten better and better as the season's gone on? Yeah for sure. I think, I think anytime you get a, a kid that you know, rise for rookie camp, uh, his first NHL training camp, and you know he was good in Traverse City. He was good in the preseason, the, the game that he got uh, against Pittsburgh, and you know so he he was good. And then you know, within three weeks of being in North America, you're you're in a you know two different cities, uh, you know, being here in Columbus, being a new draft pick, and all the excitement and all the you know the nerves and. And whatnot, and then you go to Regina, Saskatchewan, and a new, another new place. You're moving into a, a billet family, some you know people that you don't know. You, you you know working with a language, a little bit of a language barrier. So, you know it it, it it it's a transition, like you said. And I think you know he adapted to it good. I, I think you know like he, he would be the first one to say that you know it was a transition, and and you know I think he's doing good now. I think he fits in well there. He gets along with you know the the kids on the team and. Um, you know, he's uh, he's, a, he's a kid that wants to, to to play hockey and wants to win, and that's that's the exciting thing about Stan. What about the goal that he scored at World Juniors? I know it was an abbreviated tournament; it got canceled early, unfortunately, due to COVID. But he scores maybe the goal of the tournament in his team's first game against Canada. That had to feel pretty good for you, right? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, when when you look at Stan, you, you don't think he's going to be this big, flashy, you know, and he's not. He's not. He's, he's a quiet kid that. You know, like I said, he's a team first guy, and and but you see, you know, some instincts offensively that the uh, things he does. You know, one pops out in Traverse City when puck came D to D across the blue line, and the winger was coming out at him, and he kind of just po- poked it up in the air and around the guy and went around him and had a great, great A scoring chance. And then obviously that World Junior goal was was you know spectacular. I mean, and and he was playing really good. It, it, you know, I I really feel for the you know Stan and Martin and Kent and um, Nasco. I mean these these guys. You know they build up for this World Junior tournament and playing pretty well, and then they have to shut down due to COVID. So 
you know, Stan was playing good and uh, was looking forward to seeing him play a few more games in that World Junior Tournament. What's your communication like with Stanislav Svozl? How often are you doing it? When are you doing it? And will it change, I guess, as the season goes on, or is it pretty consistent? Yeah, so I, I've been out and seen Stan live uh, four or five times uh, before Christmas, and uh, I was supposed to go out, you know, I was at the World Juniors, so I, I would have seen him uh, a few more times. But, you know, I, I communicate him with him every couple weeks, um, you know, via phone, and or, you know, if I'm there, I, you know, I try and give them space, but at the same time, you know, make sure that they know that we're watching and, and talk about key things, you know, I communicate with their coaches and and whatnot to, you know, see what they're seeing and see if that's what we're seeing and 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 if there's anything I can help them, you know, with Stan or or you know vice versa. So, um, you know, I talk to him. I, I I see him after the games. If I'm going in for two games, I'll, I'll maybe see him after the first or I'll you know see him after the second game. It depends on you know where I'm going next or. Um, but you know the communication's good, and you know some guys is it's more. Some guys want more information and and whatnot. But you know things that you know Stan is Stan like you said we talked about before. He's a, he's a pro. You know he 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 knows what Stan's a guy that can self evaluate pretty well, and he knows you know when he's playing good and what he needs to work on. And and sometimes when 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 I do sit down talk with him, he already he he brings up the things that he's working on and what he need think he needs to work on and lots of times he's bang on so um, he's, he's been a fun guy to work with and get to know. How much of that communication I mean obviously you guys want to watch him develop and make sure that he's doing the right things to get better so he can eventually be a blue jacket but part of that has to just be you want that player to feel like they're part of the organization right because that has to feel good for a player to be drafted and feel like you're important to that organization and, and feel like you're a part of it maybe when you're not in Columbus or not in Cleveland yet. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, any, I, I truly believe anytime you, you feel wanted, you're gonna you're you're gonna give more, and you're gonna you know you're, you're gonna work harder, and and you know that's one thing that you know early on was you know building those relationships and letting them know that I'm in their corner, and and that you know I'll do whatever I can to help them improve their game to become National Hockey League players. You know, I got to live that dream, and I think. Uh, you know, when I look back to you know Tyler Wright when he was the player development coach, he believed in me. He talked to me. He, you know, he he let me know where I stood and and you know things I needed to work on and how I was going to make the NHL. And that's that's what I you know want to try and keep instilling to these guys that you know I'll do whatever I can and give you the resources and and my opinion on what I think you need to do and and how you need to get there and. Um, you know, a lot of it's the same messages that I was told and a lot of other players that were told uh, back in the day, you know, be consistent, you know, we're always watching, you know, so the, the consistency is, is, is number one for me and, and you got to work. Like, and, you know, these guys are 18, 18, 19 years old, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old and, you know, you got to get stronger, you know, it, it, it you, yes, you're, top of your game at your level but the next level is even a bigger step so you know get strong you know and be consistent they're, they're two of my major uh, messages to all the to all our prospects all right last thing I'll ask you here and I already told you I talked to Stanislav Svozl uh, ahead of this and he mentioned a potential desire to play pro games in Cleveland at the end of this season if he's able to right what is the rest of this season and what does the future look like for Stanislav Svozl for you what do you want to see him get better at and I mean is that a possibility that we could see him in Cleveland at the end of the season 
Yeah, you know, I, I, th- those aren't my decisions to make. Uh, whether he whether he goes to Cleveland or not, or or the big club, you know, my my role is to try and you know mentor him and help him in 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 the areas that he needs to get better at. And you know, if he has any concerns, then you know I I can help relay those things. But you know, I think you know the sky. Like I said, the sky is the limit. I th- I think it, it's a possibility. I think some of the things that Stan needs to work on, and, and you know, we've talked about it, is defending, and, and that, that's every young D man doesn't. It's not just Stan's Lasozil. Every defenseman that's going to be making the next step to the AHL or NHL needs to, you know, defend better and, and and be good defensively. And you know, he's got the IQ, he's got the smarts to do it. And like we said, you know, he was 170 pounds, you know, coming into training camp and. He's 180 now, so he can use his body more to defend in the North American style. You know, smaller rank, you got to get on the D or the opposing forwards and in, in, in the corners, and those are things that he's working on. And and we've talked about it, and 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 he's done a lot better job, you know, throughout the season doing that. So it's exciting for Stan. All right, Dorsey, thanks very much. That's yeah. all I got. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Again, that's Blue Jackets development coach Derek Dorsett discussing one of the organization's top defensive prospects, Stanislav Svozil, who, of course, the Blue Jackets selected in the third round, 69th overall in the 2021 NHL entry draft. That will do it for this week's edition of the Pipeline Podcast. Again, I'd like to thank Stanislav Svozil for joining me this week. And also a great big thank you to Derek Dorsett for joining me for the very first time on the Pipeline Podcast this season. We're going to make sure to have him back to talk about some of the other prospects that he oversees. But until then, I'm Dylan Tyre saying thanks for joining me on the Pipeline Podcast, and I will talk to you next time.